0: okay i know you turned on the recording oh but i'm gonna indulge you oh you are sherlock holmes smoked three kinds of pipes a briar pipe made of briar wood okay continue reading hold on holding captain wow this guy is a crazy fan he's got all these long quotes and explanations oh my a clay pipe that's mentioned the most in the sherlock holmes stories that part's in bold and a cherry wood pipe now based on these pictures I think the one we saw was the briar pipe. Yes. Yeah. The briar mm-hmm. pi- Like, look at this. The clay pipe? No. No. So, we're going to say it was the briar pipe. Yep. Our mission. To explore new ideas. To seek out new thoughts and new opinions. To boldly opine where no millennials have opined before. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast. Bag it so. Welcome back to the next next generation podcast. I'm Catherine,
1: and I'm Charles.
0: We are discussing season 1, episode 7, Lonely Among Us.
1: Lonely Among Us.
0: What did you think about this episode?
1: Overall, liked the episode? I thought that the what turned out to be the central plot was compelling. Mhm. It was a mystery. It was a mystery. In this episode, there were some amazing comedic moments with Data.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. (laughs) The highlight.
1: I thought that the costuming of the Antikens was not quite up to par, but we'll get into that.
0: The Yeti ones? Yeah, the Yeti ones. I was watching them for a while, trying to decide what I thought they looked like, Mm -hmm. and I settled on Yeti but balding.
1: Balding Yeti. Very strange. Yeah,
0: because they had some dog and bear-like features, but they also had some ape-like features, I thought. hmm So I settled on Yeti, yeah. Yeti's a good mm-hmm. choice. I like that. Especially in the arms.
1: Overall, it was a good episode. Yeah. It wasn't a great episode. Yeah. But a good episode.
0: Well, let's get into it. Okay. One of the things this episode did yes. was set up one expectation and then end up developing something else. It's almost just to the point of delving into an A plot and a B plot. Right. Which is common sure. in, in any show, but especially in a longer show like this. Although, honestly, up to this point, they've done a single plot with maybe a joke running through. Yeah. Now, that's the thing, though. In this episode, the B plot with the two contingencies mm-hmm. of those two alien groups, the Antikins and the Soleil, going to Parliament was really just comedy. Right. It didn't really have a plot. Like, they didn't need to be there. No. So the main part where they pick up that energy form right, and then they can't figure out what's going on and it's jumping around, that seemed like one of their typical just the ship, just the ship characters' plots with the mystery going on. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think maybe they had that because that could have happened any time. Had nothing to do with the diplomatic mission. It makes me think that they had that plot and it wasn't quite long enough. <laughs> so mm. they just inserted an extended comedic storyline.
1: I could see that. One thing I would say is sort of a small counter Mm -hmm. would be that without Picard near the end of the episode turning the ship around, Mm -hmm. the rest of the crew wouldn't be as alarmed by his actions. If they didn't have a destination that they needed to get to and they were already Mm -hmm. behind schedule, it wouldn't have been as compelling that he was under the influence of this alien species. Mm -hmm. And so that device was a part of this plot. Now, could they have something else, like they needed to report in or some other thing that came up organically in yeah. some other plot without the Antikins and the Soleil? Uh-huh. Yes. But in terms of this plot, having that device, I thought, worked effectively in that there was a sense of urgency mm. in their arrival time to the destination.
0: Well, that's fair, because I have complained when they've just made up stuff off screen and not shown anything. Yeah. So this way it was, in our view... Right. And even they were like, why is this ship turned around? What's mm-hmm. going on? You're absolutely right. They
1: reacted Good appropriately.
0: Point. I do feel like they could have developed it more, though, instead of just making it comedy.
1: One thing I would have liked more of is an interaction between these two competing groups. We got mm-hmm. mostly them by themselves, yeah. and having them interact is where the heart of the drama lies. But most of the scenes are them commenting on their accommodations or insulting the other tribe complaining.
0: That's the comedy though. If they had developed it to be dramatic like you're saying, that would have taken up a whole episode. That would have been a different episode.
1: I see. Then I guess I wanted that episode,
0: mm, rather than what we got.
1: Maybe more than the alien intruder thing.
0: I think this had enough story now that they have in the B plot for a two-parter.
1: Yes, although I Typically, like, one-parters better. Oh, me too.
0: Me too. But they could have, if they had done a two-parter, they could have done the entire energy being storyline and had a plot and resolution for the Soleil and Antikin. Like, they could have even showed them getting to Parliament and finishing that up.
1: That would have been nice, too. Mm -hmm. That felt very incomplete, unfinished, and I wish they had developed that further.
0: Well, yeah, like we said, it wasn't much more than just a device to make it weird, to make it extra alarming that Picard turned the ship around. When it seemed like it could have been more. I agree. I even wrote, the very first thing I wrote, Picard the Diplomat is coming when I heard, you know, what they were doing. Yeah. that's what they set the episode up as. They did. We're picking these people up. They're a mess. They're probably not going to get into the Federation. Right. And then Picard had nothing to do with them. It was all Riker and Yar because they were just the B-plot. Not nothing, but very little to do with them.
1: Did they work as a comedic device? You I didn't think?
0: find it funny.
1: I didn't either. Because they
0: went so far into comedy that they passed it off as comedy at the end when they basically said that the Antikens had killed a soleil and were preparing to eat them. And they were just like, oh, ha, ha, like cut. <laughs> That's not funny. No. That's problematic. Very. If they were even considering having them enter the Federation. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not funny.
1: They seemed to be a vehicle, I thought, to deliver social commentary on animal rights more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That then... was the recurring theme between Yar's disgust of them eating live animals and them not understanding the way the Starfleet were handling things. They both thought the other were barbaric.
0: Even that was supposed to be kind of funny in a way, I think. I see. Like, it felt as though the writers were saying the Federation's views on animals were too far. Mm. That they couldn't even comprehend that intelligent beings would still eat animals. hmm When you gotta eat, what if you don't have replicators? What yeah. if there's not a lot of vegetation on your planet? You're gonna be eating meat. And again, that was just another thing that they crammed in. <laughs> like, that could have been taken farther.
1: Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the resolution of that more.
0: Yeah, there was no resolution. That was part of the what made it just comedic side stuff rather than a secondary plot. Well, with the
1: pomp and circumstance of the opening scene being dedicated to their yeah. arrival, it made it seem so much more important than it ultimately ended up being.
0: And that felt strange.
1: It felt deflating. Yeah. And
0: Confusing, even.
1: Jarring to suddenly yeah. have it be over. When the episode ended, I thought, is that it?
0: Mm-hmm. What about... I mean, they even put their dress uniforms on for these people. They did. I really think this is the first time that they've set something up in the opening with his captain's log and stuff. It wasn't the main plot. I think so. Then we can move on to the main plot. Since that isn't it. That isn't it, no. (laughs) A little bit strange writing today. They get to that energy cloud. They do. They give some lip service to the fact that it's changing shape as they approach. Still doesn't really explain why they can't go around no and also they've slowed down to like impulse power
1: well they were scanning it looking for Mm -hmm. signs of anything so perhaps they can't do that at a faster speed
0: well they slowed down to do that Mm -hmm. they could have sped up and gone around
1: they could have warped out of there for sure Uh uh-huh but they were still scanning so perhaps it wasn't finished
0: they didn't want to i guess they were curious
1: going into the actual storm of it maybe gets better readings better data
0: Mm. it seemed risky Mm. unnecessarily risky like, they could have reported its coordinates and gotten a science vessel out there. They mention a lot that they're not a science vessel.
1: They do say that a lot. They have
0: some science equipment, but that's not their primary purpose.
1: Which is interesting, given that their primary mission is to exploration.
0: Well, I think, you know, there's limited space and resources on a ship. And since they're going out where they don't know what they're going to find, they had to dedicate a lot more of it to protective weapons and shields and all that stuff. Mm. So... Yeah, they have to worry about that. They can't be as indefensible as a science vessel. I can see that. Yeah, so once they determine it's safe, then a science vessel can come. So Worf gets electrocuted.
1: <laughs> he does.
0: Geordi sees it, but of course he has his visor. So it just looks like a cloud of energy, not like lightning. And Picard is like, are you sure your visor didn't malfunction? Which, clearly something happened. Yeah. So why, why is he questioning? I don't know. I thought that was odd. Worf is unconscious. They don't know why. Jordy saw something and Picard is like, well, maybe nothing happened. Isn't that weird?
1: That's odd. That's just
0: weird writing, though. When they came to the sensor area, the doctor and her assistant, Worf wakes up and starts freaking out and throws people across the room. She doesn't even flinch. No. I was so impressed. She went right for the sedatives. No worries.
1: Knew exactly what to do. Mm Mm-hmm kept her cool
0: immediately though yeah yeah she didn't even think about it i
1: thought it was interesting that extra who got flung halfway across the room (laughs) yeah she's just like are you okay and that's like the last thing that she says after 30 or 40 seconds have happened yeah
0: he could have been dead she's more concerned about Worf. (laughs) way more than
1: the guy who got hurled who she probably
0: works with every day yeah you asked about him before she did
1: (laughs) i was like is he okay
0: i was like "Eh." (laughs) and then she on the way out she was like are you okay okay then what are you still doing on the floor get up (laughs) you know let's move let's go here we go chop (laughs) chop Worf is in trouble (laughs) she takes Worf Mm -hmm. to sickbay and is examining him with some pretty serious equipment because she doesn't really know what's happening so she's running a lot of tests yes and then the energy goes into her it does interestingly enough she does not pass out she can handle it
1: she controls the shock of
0: it maybe a lot better maybe some species difference they're setting up
1: that could be it also could be maybe he got a bigger dose of it because he got mm-hmm. it directly from the outside
0: that's true she just got it from him
1: right mm-hmm. and at that point perhaps because it is a sentient being inside it had figured out that it didn't need to be quite so aggressive uh. in passing from one to another mm-hmm. it also could be that it was less panicked and it knew more what it was doing. Mm-hmm. So it didn't hurt be. as much.
0: I was thinking maybe he fought it more in his mind. Because he screened, you know, and was fighting and then passed out. So maybe it had to knock him out.
1: Take over? Take over. Mm.
0: Yeah, where she was easier to take over.
1: More weak-minded. Mm-hmm. He is very strong. Like, well, he's a
0: Klingon. He's not going to appreciate that kind of treatment. Oh,
1: of course not. No. No one does that to a Klingon.
0: Yeah. She does a really good job acting weird, mm-hmm. I thought wandering around, taking an interest in her son, which he looks shocked by. Oh yeah. yeah. Great parenting. She's just not interested in engineering, which is what he's working on normally.
1: I guess that teens are not really good at filtering out what other people want to hear and not. They tend to just jump into stories and
0: No, and you can tell Wesley is a babbler. He is. Everyone's sick of hearing him talk. <laughs> he's so. always monologuing about <laughs> this
1: device or that thing or yeah. this equation. Speaking of equations Should we talk a moment about how their warp core works?
0: Yeah. Wesley is talking about changing the dilithium crystals Mm -hmm. to be more efficient. Right. To better align matter and antimatter. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means that's already what they're doing. Yes. This would just be a a more efficient way to do that.
1: Through the shaping of the structural.
0: Right. So they're harnessing something that we have no understanding of at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So we can't possibly critique. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> their propulsion system because <laughs> we don't even know what antimatter is
1: not at this point now
0: or we do but we have no way to interact with it
1: right where they're actually they harnessing do. it interesting
0: yeah so they're harnessing the potential energy of that explosion because when matter and antimatter get together they're supposed to uh, annihilate each other mm-hmm. so that energy that's what they're harnessing that's what it was seen to imply
1: and that gives them enough power to go beyond light speed
0: yeah i'm fine with that maybe Humans surviving it, they need more explanation.
1: Yeah, I agree on that one.
0: (laughs) From Wesley, the being inside Beverly finds out about the helm. It does. The mystical helm. So she wanders onto the bridge, acts super weird, no one really cares. Except Data. Data. But when she's like, whatever, Data, leave me alone, doesn't really answer him, actually. He just gives up. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny.
1: I guess he's still adjusting to interacting with humans and analyzing how they are as a species. Yeah. He hasn't quite collated all the data he needs. Right. Well,
0: he knows something's wrong, but he trusts her and knows her, I think. Mm-hmm. So when she says nothing, he's like, well, she must know what she's doing and just leaves her alone.
1: He does seem to inherently take what people say at face value.
0: Well, what can he do? I mean... He doesn't have a good way to question them. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Then it gets into the helm. It does takes over. Whoa. Shuts down everything. Wow. <laughs> so sarcastic.
1: Whoa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she wanders off confused that she was even there.
1: Slightly awkward. She's like, where am I? Data notices it. Mm-hmm. And then...
0: They're like, you're on the bridge. Go back to work.
1: <laughs> she's just like, okay. Yeah, and then um, that's the end of that?
0: Pressure like, out.
1: No one notices or cares? Well, they offer
0: so. to escort her. She's like, I'm fine. Lo- does. clearly not looking fine. Yeah. He could have sent someone with her and just been like, hey, like, follow Beverly, make sure she doesn't pass out or something on the way.
1: Picard has certain romantic feelings for her. You would think that he would show a little more concern.
0: He also knows her.
1: He does. Yeah. He should be able to tell that she's not in pristine condition. And from her haggard appearance and the way she's sort of stumbling around the mm-hmm. deck of the ship.
0: You know, and Troy was there when, she, when Beverly first got it. Mm-hmm. And Worf woke up, and Troy, you could see, knew she was acting weird too. She and did. also didn't do anything.
1: Troy once again has slipped back into being more reactive yeah. than proactive. Mm-hmm. She had a glimmer in previous episode, and mm-hmm. this episode it seems to be more of a return to form for her, in that she senses something, can tell something's off but says nothing Mm -hmm. more often than not because she wants to think about it and analyze it and figure it out for herself before she wants to share.
0: I think she's having trouble going from studying people and or just helping them when they ask to jumping in.
1: Being proactive. Yeah. Taking a leadership position Uh in that sense. She's She's still
0: learning. She's not
1: applying what she knows from her past observations. Mm -hmm. She always wants to perceive things more than anything else.
0: Now, she does say later... She couldn't tell if it was just the normal duality that people always have. I like that. I like that they mentioned it, but I found it odd that she couldn't tell the difference in someone she's already familiar with, Mm. like Beverly.
1: I think that she would be able to tell the difference if really pushed to it. She seems doubtful of her own abilities.
0: Very. She's too humble Mm. and insecure.
1: She does seem insecure. Mm -hmm. I wonder why that is.
0: It's good. I mean, complex character. Yeah. It's just frustrating to watch her sometimes. Mm. I'm not really criticizing the writing. I think it's good that they're not all perfect. I just wish she were better for her own sake, you know, for her own personal growth. It'll be nice to see if they improve that.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Once it gets into the helm, that's where they realize they have a problem. Mm-hmm. Riker assumes it has to be the alien delegations. He does. Which I was like, okay, Riker, calm down. Like, just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're going to sabotage your ship. They want to join the Federation.
1: He was really being overly hostile yeah. in that
0: moment. Bad yeah. judgment. Well, on He his really part. doesn't like them. He, he really doesn't. Yeah, like Yar keeps calling him to help her deal with them. And he's over it and doesn't like them and doesn't like the situation. He even mentions that Ferengi might be involved. So seeing some bias from Riker.
1: Yeah, he jumps to that conclusion that, of course, it's the enemy of the Federation is behind it all. They're not
0: even really the enemy. They're kind of neutral. You know, we don't really like them, but they can't do anything. Is he
1: lumping people into categories by how much he doesn't like them? Is that what's happening there? He's connecting that? He's saying, well, I don't like these Antikins. I don't like the Soleil. I don't like the Ferengi. They're all in it together because I don't like them all.
0: They're all slightly primitive, and he doesn't want to have to deal with that.
1: Yeah. That shows some area that he needs to grow in, I mm-hmm. think, if he's going to be a yeah. ready and capable captain.
0: Yeah, he's not there yet for captaining, that's N- for sure. No. I really liked Mr. Singh. Mr. I was Singh. sad that he died. <laughs> they keep bringing in these great engineers. Mm-hmm. It's like they're trying out different ones until they get to Geordie or something. They've all been great, though. Yeah, they had the... I like them a lot.
1: We had the very serious lady at the beginning. We had the other guy. And now we've moved on to Mr. Singh, who they kill off. Yeah. And we're just getting to know this character. Poor Mr. Mm-hmm. Singh. He didn't make it. Nope. At first I was like, how many chief engineers <laughs> do they have? <laughs> Later realized from the credits that he was the assistant chief engineer. Yeah. And they seem to have two at this point.
0: Maybe he, he's the assistant, but the chief engineer, Argyle, Mm-hmm. who they mentioned, was asleep or off-duty. So mm. they just call him chief engineer. Well, he's the one behaving in that capacity.
1: I could see that. Yeah,
0: that's what I thought.
1: And it makes sense, too, that they would have rotating shifts. Definitely. You, you need more than one person yeah. to run the entire engineering room.
0: Because it's 24-7. It is. Yeah. So Wesley's starting to fix the thing or figure out what's wrong with it. Then Mr. Singh kicks him off, <laughs> which that's part of the reason I liked him. He's yeah. like, yeah, okay, Wesley, you're right, but I'll take it from here. And then Wesley goes home and is complaining about school. And Beverly's like, it's okay, you have to let them do some of the work. Oh and my I just goodness. wrote down, feeding into Wesley's arrogance. Completely. That's a terrible thing to say.
1: Yeah. But She really thinks lowly of the other members of the crew, but particularly of the engineering.
0: Well, she doesn't seem to like engineering. No, And she also thinks too highly of Wesley. So that combination, yeah, makes her derisive towards the other engineers. Very sad. It's very rude. Data, you want to talk about Data? Go. (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) Okay.
1: Data was amazing in this episode. I love Data whenever he does his detective Data thing. The Film Noir, P.I. Oh,
0: there's so much fun stuff to come.
1: I know! (laughs) I love Sherlock Holmes. I've read every Sherlock Holmes story ever myself. And so as a fan of Data and as a fan of Sherlock Holmes and as a fan of Data's fandom of Sherlock Holmes, this episode was just a joy to watch whenever he was doing his Data Sherlock Holmes thing.
0: Well, so they're trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And Picard mentions Sherlock Holmes. He does and data you can clearly see is so intrigued
1: completely taken with it
0: i thought they were just doing some good setup for a future episode me too and then it came and he had the pipe and was doing his sherlock holmes impression And he had already read all the stories, of course. Of course. Because he can read at like a million miles an hour. Yes. It was amazing.
1: That was so awesome to see. Good comedy,
0: which made the Antikin and Soleil comedy, and that was in air quotes so you couldn't see, comedy so much less satisfying. Yeah. Because they did do great comedy in this very episode. They
1: did. Yeah. And by contrast, it didn't even seem comic.
0: Oh, no, not at all. Brent Spiner is a great comic actor.
1: He is. Yeah. He really, really He has is. really
0: good range on this show.
1: Good timing yes, with his he's delivery. he's very funny. He's really funny in real life, too, if you ever watch him. Yeah. In his Comic-Con appearances, he's making jokes, and he always has the crowd completely in the palm of his hand. Good stuff.
0: So, last episode, there wasn't a lot of data. No. Because they were saving him for this episode, I guess. Teardrop. No, it's okay. It's okay. You got your data in this episode.
1: Yes, I did. Okay.
0: So to make up for not having a date of the day in the last episode, we're going to do two. Yay! Datas of the day.
1: Two datas of the day. (laughs) Okay. What's the first one?
0: The first one is, a mystery is only a mystery as it remains uninvestigated, sir.
1: Fantastic. And the second date of the day is, imprecise, Lieutenant. They omitted certain truths which in itself tells us something.
0: They're starting to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. and Troy hypnotizes Beverly and Worf. And discovers that they're being taken over. She does. And that works somehow. It's, yeah. it's not an 80s TV show if you don't have some hypnosis. <laughs> wow. Yeah, very very popular then.
1: That's a little cringy. A little. I thought that it was such a plot device to use hypnosis to figure that out. I wish they had gone with something else.
0: One thing they could have done, show Troy like going to her room, laying down, and starting to think. And realize that she was sensing something else. That would or have been something.
1: much more compelling.
0: Because mm-hmm. that would have played into something they've already established with her empathy. Yeah. But she just needed some more clarity to realize.
1: Some quiet yeah. to focus her empathic abilities yeah. to detect something. They could have even done something really interesting with some visuals with mm-hmm. that. Something.
0: Who knows? But they, they could have done it without the hypnosis.
1: They could even just have her laying in bed and just be like,
0: yeah. who's there?
1: That's all they had to do.
0: Oh, yeah, because at that time it was in the ship, not in a person. Right. So they could have had her sense it Yeah. separately and then realize she had sensed it before in them.
1: And then she could just walk over to Wharf and to Beverly and mm-hmm. say, I figured this out, and this is what I found, and it was in you, and everything could have proceeded from that point just as it did in the episode.
0: It gets back into the system. It does. Everything is better, and everyone is okay with it, <laughs> except Wesley.
1: Except for boy genius there.
0: Although he doesn't do anything.
1: No, he doesn't. He doesn't push a button and solve the day. Well, he can't. No, he can't. Which was nice.
0: It's kind of pointless to have him be suspicious and then not get to do anything. So Picard gets it. He does. Because the thing is realizing, learning more and more about how humans work Mm -hmm. and realizes that Picard's in charge. (laughs) It does. Yeah. And it's a little scary.
1: Very intimidating. Because
0: now the being, which they don't understand, they don't know what it wants, is in power.
1: Complete control of the ship.
0: Yes. And sometimes we forget how complete control Picard has.
1: Complete control.
0: They can object if they want, but they really do have to do what he says.
1: He is the military commander of the vessel. Yeah,
0: sometimes that gets lost because he's such a wise leader. He doesn't push that. He does not. But yeah, (laughs) he can tell them to do whatever he wants and have security take them off the bridge if that's what he deems appropriate.
1: They can remove him from that position, but only in extreme circumstances. Yeah, it's difficult. Very difficult. It's in
0: his favor.
1: Completely in his favor. uh He has the con, if you will.
0: With it in Picard you know, they're worried, they know something's up, and Mm -hmm. they finally get him to admit what's going on after a lot of tension, where they're basically trying to get him off the bridge. Right. But they don't really know how, because he hasn't done much. They just know something's wrong. And you can see how excited he is to head back to the cloud. He keeps looking out the window.
1: Yeah, he would switch from that sort of wistful giddiness Mm -hmm. to that very stern, sharp... Mm commanding tone that was extremely intimidating Mm -hmm. and they were all like who is this person he's not being Picard. picard has a certain gentleness to him Mm -hmm. even when he's being commanding Mm -hmm. and he completely lost that and became much edgier yeah in his tone he
0: seemed like he could flip a switch and get really really scary and angry
1: yeah he was gonna snap at any moment yeah
0: uh uh-huh and also normally underlying when he's stern It's this sense of, like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Everything is logical to the outside. No. He doesn't even need to explain himself because everyone can see why he's doing what he's doing. And it's really scary to have someone like that then become incomprehensible and illogical. Making
1: swift decisions.
0: That don't make sense
1: turn the ship around when we have somewhere to be
0: they know what's supposed to be going on they do yeah everyone does it's not complicated no (laughs) and he's doing the opposite and that's that's frightening and you're captain so they get him to admit what's going on they do So then he kind of explains everything it's kind of like a play where everything gets explained at the end yes Uh uh-huh he apologizes about sing which was nice i guess But also, they do a lot of lip service to them being combined entities. They do. And how he just wants to go out and explore. That's his real mission. And he wants to leave. Like, he, Picard, wants to leave the ship now that he's seen what he can be as an energy pattern. But at the very end, the way he acts after his experience, I know he's forgotten some stuff. But I think it's pretty clear that it wasn't really like that. That that entity had just taken over completely and just maybe adopted a little bit of his personality. So anyway, I thought it was pretty clear, yeah, that entity was in complete control of all of them, and maybe just was aware enough of their personalities to act a little bit like them. Picard wasn't deciding to do that.
1: The implication that he would decide to leave the ship, which is his sole duty, and something that he cares for greatly. And
0: he's worked towards his whole life.
1: And just throw it away like that, I think that, that is very outside of his character, and yeah. I agree that it was the Entity taking control yeah. that led him to teleport himself out into the middle of it.
0: Now, it's possible the Entity, in saying those things, did think that was what was going on. I don't think it was evil. No. So I don't think it was just saying that to manipulate them, but yeah, it was wrong. <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs> it wasn't wrong. Picard anymore.
1: Picard so. would never do that. No. Not willingly.
0: I like that he just said, like, okay, I'm taking a rest now. You, you deal with this. Instead of having some, like, longer ending. Although then that doesn't wrap up the plot.
1: The ending of it was very unfinished, and I wish that they had wrapped up more of the B plot. Overall, I love the stuff with Data. Like we've talked about, I wish they had concluded things better. And it was a good episode, but not great. What did you think about it?
0: I liked it well enough. I didn't think even the A plot was doing anything too interesting. Mm. It was not different enough from the other mysteries on the ship that they've done before. Mm -hmm. Then they tried to add something extra with the diplomatic issues that was really just bad comedy instead of being a more realized plot. Mm -hmm. And also they keep doing these aliens that are just evolved enough to be in the Federation maybe. And I don't really like that. (laughs) It's getting a little boring already. It's a tired trope. Yeah, already. (laughs) It's only episode seven. Wow. They've done this like four or five times already. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it was okay. Nothing was going to live up to the last episode. (laughs) No,
1: that was pretty amazing.
0: So overall, I would give it five and a half out of ten dilithium crystals.
1: All right. I'm going to give it... Six out of ten briar pipes, just because data was so amazing.
0: Yeah, I knew that was why, yes. That has been Season 1, Episode 7, Lonely Among Us.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast.
0: And we are discussing Season 1, Episode 7, The Lonely Among Us. Hmm. No, that's wrong. It's just lonely among us. That means something different. Sorry. Let me do that again.
1: Follow us on Twitter. Add us at the next next gen.